Ale, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey, y'all. Jonathan, man, how you been? Good, good. Can't complain. The pandemic's yeah. crazy, but we're doing all right over here. How about you? Uh, doing okay. Same, same. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pandemic, you know what it's... This 2020, I'm so ready for it to be done. Uh, for New Year's, I'm pretty sure I'll be like stuck at home just trying to stay safe, but I am going to ring in that New Year's. Probably pretty drunk in my living room by myself with my dogs. <laughs> I have seen some pretty funny TikToks where these girls are, are going back and forth about uh, people asking them, how are you doing? They're like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. How dare you ask me how I'm doing? You know yeah. I'm doing terrible. Why, would you, why do I have to lie to you? I shouldn't lie to you. <laughs> you shouldn't make me lie to you about this stuff. You know it's terrible. Yeah. But pretty good. I like it. Come on, 2021. We're really, we got a lot of hopes on you, man. That's, that's the year we're going to get an alien invasion too, right? Right. Everybody thinks 20, 2021 is going to be a flip of the switch just because it's the next year. I'm pretty sure we're going to be still in cleanup of what's happening in 2020, but we can only hope. Mad Max uh, 2 takes place in 2021. So just a heads up on that, guys. <laughs> be ready for it. Store up, your, yeah, store up your dog food. I'm just going to give you that hint right now. That's, that's going to be good food for the future. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and go into your playing and watching. I know we did this yesterday before the power outage, but let's go ahead and refresh it. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? I actually, I've been super busy lately and not in the fun geek freaks way so unfortunately i haven't been playing anything for the last couple weeks oh my god Um, disappointing i've been watching a lot of star trek i'm trying to i I want to start from the original series watch every episode right and i think i might write a small uh, paragraph review or something like that for each episode i haven't started actually doing that part the reviews yet Mm -hmm. uh but yeah watching a lot of star trek real quick jonathan call it the captain's log Ooh. New feature coming to the site, guys. Oh, <laughs> wow. Log. I like that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's how I it is when you're podcasting, guys. Shit will just come to your head, or we'll be like talking, like, stop talking about this. We got to record it. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> that <was pretty> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I did watch Enola Holmes the other day. It was really good. Oh, yeah. yeah, I liked uh, it too. Yeah. Have both the nieces here. We watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas again this morning because they love that movie too. So that yeah. was good. Uh, but that's about it. What about you? Uh, yeah, so, you know, watch a Discovery, really good. I've been playing some Genshin Impact, which is really kind of this big anime MMO that's out right now. Uh, a lot of people are playing. Uh, both really fun. Been really good. Been really busy. Of course, we're writing articles for our site, and we've been working with AAE. Check them out, guys. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, same old, same old. <laughs> uh, okay, we have the Audible ad to see what book we're going to be listening to next. The next book is going to be X-Men Days of Future Past. It's like a three-hour book, which is really short in the audio book world. Uh, so, guys, we're going to be doing that, and we're going to try to get that out before the end of this month. Wait, what month are we in? We're going to get it out before Thanksgiving is what I meant. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and so we're going to review that, stuff like that. We'll also get the Sandman out eventually, too, but I'm not promising any time on that one because me and Squeaks got burnt out on that after it got broke. Um, but, yeah, so it's X-Men, Days of Future Past. It's an audio drama where you have, like, the voices and the cool sound effects and Logan and all that cool stuff. So that'd be pretty cool. You guys check that out. I have been listening to an audiobook, uh, Star Trek Voyager, Architects of Infinity. Yeah. Really good book. I, How far I mean, are of you? course, I love Voyager. I love everything Voyager, but uh, it is it is deep. It's 11 and a half hours or something like that. I have like two hours left of it. Oh, so nice. That's a good sign. I definitely recommend it. Well, say, say it one more time for me. It's uh, Star Trek Voyager, Architects of Infinity. Architects of Infinity. Okay. We might have to make that one of our audiobooks of the month to kick off your new Captain's Log series. I'm just throwing that out there. Not a bad idea. I can there do a go. quick, uh, quick review on it sometime. Once I'm there done. we go. I'm down for that. All right, you get. I, I don't. I don't know if you've listened to how we do the book club, Jonathan. I, I you haven't been on one of them yet. 
but it's pretty cool. We pull questions out of a, a Tupperware. The Tupperware topics, we brought it back. Uh, we pull questions out of that of like different book club questions. It's pretty fun. I like the name, the Tupperware of Topics. That's what it was back when we were in top five. It was the yeah. Tupperware of Topics. Uh, okay, so let's get into the news, guys. Alex Hutchinson, we, we talked about this on a, a Twitter, if you guys are following us on the, the socials. Uh, creative director of Typhoon Studios. Now he's part of Montreal uh, Google Stadia department. Uh, he made a tweet suggesting that Twitch and YouTube users should be paying the developers and publishers for the right to stream their game. Off the top of your head, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on that? So uh, after, you know, digging into this a little bit, I could see his side of it. I understand right. that. Uh, it seems greedy right off the get-go. But you have to understand that these people, by streaming this game, they're bringing a ton of free publicity and attention to that game in a positive light. So yeah. I think it's it's ridiculous asinine for this guy to say, oh, because you're streaming my game, you have to pay me for the rights to play that game publicly. First off, no, that's not how the internet works. But secondly, be happy that these people are playing your game mm -hmm. and drawing fans to come watch them play your game publicly and bring you free publicity. So yeah. I I think the internet agreed that that was just a a complete you know bad idea and, and misjudgment on his part. Yeah. Uh, right away, Stadia came out, or Google came out and said, the recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson, creative director of Montreal Studio of Stadia Games and Entertainment, do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. YouTube's gaming head Ryan Watt came out and said, we believe the publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship. It has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created, one that mutually benefits everyone. YouTube is focused on creating value for the creators, publishers, and users. All ships rise when we work together. Uh, one thing that, that Daniel said, and I'll see what you think about that too, is Daniel says uh, when he's about to buy a new game, he actually watches the streamers first to get his first uh, impression. Uh, do you think that's, a, that's how, kind of becoming a norm? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't. I haven't bought a new game in a while, really. Yeah. Um, but I think that is a free and very valuable resource. If you're going to get into a game, say you want to play a game like you used to play WoW, where you just spend right. hours every day dug into it. You're not gonna, just going to buy a 50 or $60 game five times until you find a winner that really you know draws you in like that. Mm -hmm. You want to do your research and, and dedicate the time to a game that's going to be worth it. So yeah. I think being able to watch streamers and really understand the depth of the game is an invaluable resource that if these developers are trying to draw money out of it, it's going to diminish its value. It's end up going to be only, you know, certain paid uh, gamers are going to have content for it. And it, I think long-term it's going to hurt the gamers and the developers. So yeah. I think the way we have it right now is ideal and it developed that way because it was a working situation for both parties. Yeah. And then another thing too, is like, say Ubisoft is coming up with a game. They're going to show me footage that makes the game look as good as possible, but that's not exactly, exactly what I'm going to be playing. When you watch a streamer actually like out there completing quests and finding new creatures and stuff like that, that's the game you're actually playing. It's like real gameplay footage. And uh, so it shows you the, the actual time spent in the game. And that's, what's going to entice me. Not necessarily like, Oh, that's a great cinematic. I know as soon as I get to move around, they all go down. Quality goes down and like that. That's just normal. And so it's kind of nice to kind of really get an actual honest review of the game too. So yeah. Uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll talk about it sometime in the future as this story develops on like alternatives to uh, funding publishers and stuff like that because there has to be a change there. But we'll get into that as uh, the story develops. And I'm sure it will. Next we have Apex Legend is going to be joining Steam. So uh, you can now have uh, your Steam... You can have your Origin account merged to your Steam account. 
and you won't lose any progression on Apex Legends. You're also going to be uh, gaining three gun charms. That's uh, they're for portals and Half-Life. And then, uh, yeah, so I haven't really played Apex in a long time. I know Daniel's kind of fading off of it because of Warzone, and you haven't given it a shot yet. But uh, I did play it briefly, only like a handful of rounds. But yeah, it, those kind of games just aren't my cup of tea. So it's it's a good game. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people really love it, but it's just not the kind of game I'm into. I think it's kind of just slipping in general. There's a lot of you know battle royale competition out there. It's really hard for it to stay afloat and all that. Uh, you're playing. I always say it wrong. I'm gonna say Hyperscape this time. Yep, Hyperscape. I got actually got it right this time, guys. You're playing yeah, Hyperscape. You've been saying Hyperspace for a while, I think. Ah, dude, I, does it, I think they should change it because Hyperspace is a way better name. Yeah, but I think it's not it's really a Star Wars game. Well, see, more changes are needed, I guess. Um, but yeah, so it's just in a tough competition area. I hopefully Steam will help out because they have the the uh, pretty deep friends list where you can see. Oh, I'm playing, you know, Fall Guys. They're playing that. You know, you can see where everybody's at. Hopefully, that helps them out, but we'll see. Uh, On to more PC gaming platforms. You play and Ubisoft Club, they're both closing down. They'll be done on October 27th. That's just in a couple days. Actually, I think it's the day this comes out. Um, so the two old platforms are being folded into Ubisoft Connect. New gamers will have uh, newer games will have all their progress moved over to the new platform, and older games, their stuff's gonna be gone. Uh, but if you still are playing one of those older games, all of those rewards are unlocked right now on Uplay. So you can enjoy, you know, the stuff from Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, Syndicate, Origins, stuff like that. Uh, gives you a chance. Wildlands. If you haven't played Wildlands yet, guys, go freaking play it. It's so freaking good. Um, but yeah, everything's everything's kind of closing down. Jonathan, you see that library of older games. What is your favorite at that list? Uh, I, I've played I played Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, yeah. For a few Not hours, enough. but <laughs> I know. Uh, I've heard a lot of good about Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, but uh, nothing specifically jumps out at me. I'd probably play Assassin's Creed of all of them. It really does sound like the most up my alley. Yeah. I think what we need to do, hear me out on this. We put up a poll on what game Jonathan should be playing next. Uh oh. <laughs> I, I can do that. And but we'll in put, the poll, I have to name like my top three, you know, favorite games of the past five years or something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and then we'll go with like what do we think is the best? Because I don't want to, like, as much as I would love for you to play Red Dead Redemption 2, I don't know if you're willing to play a $60 game or 60 uh, hour game. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably get like two hours in and have to play it. Oh, it's so fantastic, though, John. It's so fa- it, matter of fact, guys, uh, it sounds like that's going to be our next level up. So it's going to be on Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm really excited for that. But nevertheless, yeah. So we'll have to put up a poll, guys. We're going to put up a poll. Check up Twitter. We're going to see what games John's going to play next. And he'll review it for us, too, even if it's an old game. I'm cool with that. That'll be fun. Battle, uh, Battle Royale is coming to Pac-Man. Uh, it's called Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle because it's, they like long names. It's going to be 64 players competing through interconnected mazes. Uh, so the way it works is like it's going to have 16 different arenas with four players each. Over time, the arenas drop out, forcing players to compete with each other. Do you think this is going to make a good version of the game? I, I don't know. So when I first heard about this, I thought it was a 3D, you know, uh, over-the-shoulder kind of game. Right. Uh, but then when we talked about it before, you were saying, it's no, it's, it's Pac-Man. It's the regular 2D old-school arcade Pac-Man, just expanded on bigger. So to me, I don't, I can't think of a way, I mean... Pac-Man itself, it does get your adrenaline pump because you got to hurry up and there's that pressure of, you know, the maze and you're going to get trapped. Right. And But I don't know how it would work is, is a multiplayer with so many players. I don't know. I, I'd like to see it, but I don't think it's going to make as big of a splash as it sounds. Pac-Man, the name, 
is huge and has a great reputation and it's going to draw a lot of eyes, but will the game itself actually be as fun as it sounds? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm say, not right? so hopeful. Because yeah. what, I'm, what I'm thinking is they're going to have a hard time. I'm, we're going to call, I'm going to call them mushroom or uh, uh, marshmallows. Those little like white balls that they're going for. It yeah. seems like you're going to run out of those, right? I mean, I just can't imagine with four people, even in one, you get one corner, you have to go over. It's already going to be gone. And I wonder how the ghost is going to work out. To me, I don't think this is going to be as easy as, say, like Tetris or the Mario 35 that are both doing really good. This seems like it's going to be even harder to adapt in those games. I'm, I'm not sure. I, don't, I can't envision this is my big thing. Yeah. And I expect there's probably going to be a lot of changes to the original game in this that we don't know of yet. So like those marshmallows you know, respawning after a certain amount of time or having an endless. Oh, I like uh, that. That's a simple stuff. fix. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably going to be a lot of little changes to make it more fluid. But yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's just a matter of do they make enough changes to make it really as fun in a big game like this and, you know, as competitive. As yeah. I'll have to give it a shot. So it's coming to Google Stadia on the 17th for 20 bucks, but you guys can start your beta testing uh, October 27th over on Google Stadia. I'll give this a try and I'll drop us a review because I really want to see how they're going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I think I like the idea of like the, the marshmallows coming back. That might actually save it. We'll have to see. All right. Uh, now we have, uh, this is why we needed Daniel, because he was going crazy over this thing, but it's going to be the Halloween uh, event for Warzone and Modern Warfare. Uh, so this is coming, well, it came out on October 20th. Uh, it's called The Haunting of Verdansk, because they like to make names hard for me. Uh, and it's bringing in two horror classics, Saw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jonathan, I'm sure you've seen both these movies. Which is your favorite? Oh, Saw by far. Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre is a little too uh, accurate to modern day. A little too realistic. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, not even modern day. It's from history. Uh, but, I mean, Saw is, you know, suspenseful and it's very, like, mysterious and just, yeah. uh, you know, good, good gory uh, mind thriller. So, I prefer Saw. You prefer Saw, okay. Uh, yeah, because it's... I, I, I like the idea of Leatherface being more, more accurate. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, uh, from uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're going to be able to get the le uh, Leatherface skin, some family heirloom blueprints. A uh, bunch of different blueprints, basically, all inspired from the franchise. And then from the Saw franchise, you're going to be getting Billy the Puppet skin, which I hear is really, really well made. Uh, that's the one that's been scaring Dane up to death. Uh, you're going to get the cargo truck skin, tri uh, si uh, tricycle charm for your gun, and then there's going to be a new uh, throwing knives called the Flobotomizer, which is a fun name to try to pronounce. Uh, so all kinds of cool stuff, guys. If you guys are Warzone fans or you haven't really played it in a while, it's a good time to return. I've only heard good things about this event. It sounds like they're doing a really good job with it. So go check that out. Uh, if you're a Modern War fan, they're bringing a Onslaughter and Sniper-only uh, game mode. Sniper-only is pretty obvious. Uh, it's where you only have snipers. And now, Jonathan, back when you and me did play Call of Duty, that's what we like. Snipers only, right? Yep, that was the business. Those were intense games because you're just like crawling around trying not to make yes. a sound, not, not move a bit, and then you... You see a little twitch something. You try to shoot somebody, and before you know it, someone just melee you in the back of the head. What was that map called that we used to do snipers only on? Do you remember what it was called? Oh, I don't know. I don't Tunisia, remember. I think it was in Tunisia. But it's a sand, is a sand kind of ruins uh, city, and you would sit there for thirty minutes just looking and waiting for a pixel to change, and then yeah. just shoot, and then you hear like boom, you hear like loud shouts throughout the map of people trying to make a shot, and it's just hitting walls. Oh man, what a great yeah. time! It sounds boring when you explain it like that, but it was so exciting. It was really exciting. And it's funny because there's that one and then there's the other map we would do a lot where they had like a trench in the middle and stuff like that. It was all shotguns. Uh, yeah. And so that was the a, opposite. A long range rifle and a shotgun in that map. Yeah. All the time. 
Man, they need to remake old school Call of Duty too. That's a really yeah. good one. Call uh, of Duty but, 2.0. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so the Onslaughter will actually have you uh, picking up a Juggernaut, which is this big metal suit in the middle of the map and trying to escort it to your side or whatever. But yeah, it, it sounds like that one's pretty good too. From Daniel, he's giving this thing an A+. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's the grade he's kind of softly giving it. So that gives you some ideas. All right, we got some more news from Phil Spencer. They've been kind of going on this like interview circuit, right? Phil Spencer, he's the head of gaming over at Microsoft. And so he's the top dog in Xbox. He revealed that they possibly are going to be having a streaming stick coming out. What this will do is it'll be somewhat close to like the Chromecast or something that Stadia would have. You plug into the back of your TV. It's a small thumb drive looking thing. And then you could stream the xCloud right to your TV without owning a full Xbox. Uh, Jonathan, you're kind of on the casual gamer side, right? Is this something that interests you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is, I think that's a big deal. That's kind of a game changer because they're branching out into a much broader audience with that. Yeah. Right now, if you want to buy an Xbox, I don't know, is it like 500 bucks, 600 bucks for a new Xbox? Uh, there's, it's $300 for the small one that has a little power and then 500 for the big dog, Series X. All right. So if you want to play some games, but you're like, okay, I like a Call of Duty every once in a while or whatever, but mm-hmm. I'm not the one that's going to be throwing my controller through the screen because I play hardcore and, you know, right. get mad about it or nothing. You just want to play casually every once in a while. It's not worth buying, a, you know, $500 Xbox to play. Um, but, I, yeah, if you could just stream it like, you know, like your Roku or something, that seems like yeah. it would be a no-brainer. You buy this, you you probably pay a membership or something like that to be able to access certain games and stuff, but mm-hmm. that sounds like a win-win to not just, you know, some of the gamers might want it because it sounds cheaper. Might Maybe it's slower. I don't know the difference, but then you have all the, you know, family man kind of just just the yeah, modern so the, families that don't... Right. So the kids will have it in their gaming. room kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think that'd be great. The only thing is, I, I'm wondering, what's the big difference? Obviously, they won't have a disc tray. Right. Um, but will you be able to play all the same games at the same rate, at the same access? Probably like not. That? Probably not like as high def, right? I would assume. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's going to be all stream, but I would assume not as high def. Well, because when you're playing your, your games nowadays uh, with your Xbox and stuff like that, you're not playing off the disc anymore. It's just downloaded and streamed. Mm-hmm. But you have a big graphics card or processor inside that system that's controlling it. So yeah, it's tough with to this, say. you're streaming it right off the yeah. internet. We have to. So here's the thing is the stream game, uh, streaming the games. It's definitely to me feels like the future. And I mean, Xbox and Google are just throwing cash and cash. Even now, Amazon throwing cash at this. I, I think it will work. But we haven't seen it work great yet. Stadia to me feels so stagnant. Uh, we're getting very little of it. You have to have optimal speeds all the time. So I don't really have a lot of faith that this will replace Xboxes. But it might be a really good addition to Xbox, is my opinion. I think our next step should be a Microsoft TV. Yeah. Have have the the graphics capacity of your new Xbox built into your TV. If you want to make it upgradable, even better. Uh, but where you don't have to have any of these devices, it connects Wi-Fi to your internet and unlimited, you know, Xbox access and stuff like that. So Sony makes really good TVs. Can you see a future where Sony would add their PlayStation to the TVs? Yeah, I think if they make a streaming service like this where you just plug in a stick, then they would just make that a default attachment built in every Sony TV. There's no reason not to. I like that idea. That seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, so we have a quote here from Phil Spencer. I think we're going to see lower-priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks 
and other things that somebody might want to just plug in and go into their TV and uh, go play via xCloud. You could imagine us even having something uh, that we would just include in a Game Pass subscription that gave you the ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. So this is kind of like their Xbox All Access, right? The idea of like, hey, if you get, you know, Game Pass for a year, we'll give you the stick for free. And you just you buy a controller and stuff like that, which by now it sounds like it's a really good deal to buy a controller anyways for your PC. But this, I mean, I, I'm just loving this model, this business model in general. Xbox is moving away from the console in general, and they're just creating this brand that, yeah, I play my Xbox game kind of anywhere I want to, however I want to. I actually just ordered the mount for my, my uh, controller. It lets me play on my phone. Because why not, right? They're coming to iPhone. And uh, yeah, so it's just, it's a really good model. I really like this this branding thing. You know, if they wanted to go one step further, they could sell you, they'd have to sell you a subscription and everything. It would cost a little bit more money. Um, but your your device that you plug into your TV, you know, plugs into a regular, has to have a power source and a HDMI port. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can have that built with a cellular, you know, system inside of it. Like uh, the credit card readers and vending machines. I don't know if you know about that. They have a yeah. cellular system in them. Um, so you can go to your friend's house, go anywhere, go where you don't have Wi-Fi. If you can plug it into a TV, oh, wow. you can play your, play and stream all your games at the same time. Jonathan, you know how much that would sell in the rural areas where they don't have good internet yet? Yeah. That is an excellent cool. idea. Oh, and, wow. And build, build this system to where it's made for gaming and streaming, input and output. Yeah. Why not? And and you know what? Partner with AT and T or like I'm just thinking business wise now. Partner with AT and T, T Mobile or something like that, and have it as a like five bucks a month. You guys get unlimited streaming on your device. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, imagine oh, if they man. if they made that, you could fold in so many other brands with them too. They'd be raking in the money. Twenty. Now I'm thinking. Okay, twenty bucks a month. You get the device. You get you know the AT and T streaming package plus Game Pass. I mean that right there sounds like it's a good deal on both sides. I think that yeah. would be smart. All right, guys. So. Microsoft, I know you're listening. Phil Spencer, you're a big fan. Go ahead and use the idea. That works out really yeah, well for everybody. One percent, all we want. Yeah. Well, the thing I'm really liking about this when I heard about it was like, okay, look, I'll have the Xbox in the living room, but I'll have the sticks in the bedroom, in this room, in that room. Just so, like, oh, I really want to finish this, you know, level or something like that. I'll just take it to the bedroom, finish it up, and go to bed. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. All right, uh, my Hero Academia fans, you guys, you're in luck. You're gonna have a new video game coming to the iOS and Android. It's called My Hero Academia. Ultra Impact, great name. This is going to be using the gotcha business model. So, uh, Jonathan, are you familiar with that term gotcha? Nope. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's a Japanese uh, origin, but, it, I mean, it really sounds close to our gotcha, and it is pretty close to that because it uses loot boxes and microtransactions uh, to keep the thing going. And a lot of times you'll notice, a lot of the fans of the genre will notice everything has a star rating. Like, oh, this character has a five-star rating, which is really good, or this one only has a three-star rating, really sucks. And you're always trying to get those five-star ones because they have a little bit better stats. So um, it's really becoming popular. Are you familiar with any game that uses the star ratings and you kind of you can buy packages to unlock them? Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Overwatch. You can buy stuff like that, but I don't know if it, I don't think it changes the characters' right. abilities at all. Yeah. So this is like if the characters had had you could buy the characters out of boxes. That's uh, how these ones work. Yeah. So uh, it's really becoming popular. Actually, the game I'm currently playing right now, Genshin Impact, uses that. You could, of course, play for free if you just want to put the effort in, or you can just buy your way to the top, and it's fine either way. 
Um, but yeah, so it's, it's becoming really popular, especially uh, in the emerging markets, kind of the newer stuff with all the mobile, and that's where it's really coming in at. Uh, the story will follow the original manga. Gameplay will be turn-based RPG, using characters collected along the way. There's no exact date yet, but the release plan is set for 2021. And I'm hoping 2021 will be just a really action-packed year and we won't have any more delays. Fingers crossed. We'll see how that goes. Um, okay, so, uh, John, I think it was actually Yumi. You remember when you and me were talking about the UFC ads? Was it you? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Yumi and Squeak. Squeaks, okay. Well, we have another offender of this. So the NBA 2K21, guys, they're using in-game ads. And, of course, it came out about three to four weeks after the game came out. So that means all the reviews are already in, which is so freaking shady. It's annoying. Um, but yeah, so when you're playing NBA 2K21 uh, during the 2K TV feature, it'll play an Oculus Quest 2 ad in its entirety. It's pretty freaking nuts, and you cannot escape the game at all while it's doing it. Uh, and then I'll get into the game. Pretty shady. Uh, I know we already discussed this, but do you have any thoughts on, on companies continuing to use this, pro- this uh, business model? Like, So when we talked about it before, I understand uh, how... They would do it maybe with the wrestling or, or with other sports events to make it feel more genuine, make it feel more immersive, like you're at an actual sports event because they're flooded with these kind of ads. But you paid cash money for this game. If this was a free game you were streaming online or in a beta testing, okay, yeah, right. they have to fund it based on ads. But I didn't pay for this game for my game to be stopped and interrupted to watch an ad for something I may not even be interested in. Right. So. Yeah. Maybe if it was ads for the game you're playing for for add-ons or something like that or for other versions. I don't know. I just, to me, it seems really cheap. It seems like a sucker punch that you you should have had to pay for. So I I, I think it's wrong. If you're going to have ads, have it, like you're saying, from the beginning yeah. so that that could be part of the review process so people know what they're getting when they pay for the game. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. The idea of the fact that it's coming out past reviews is my big thing, too, where if I'm going to go buy a game, one of the resources I go to to decide if the game is decent or not is to go to trusted reviewers. Those trusted reviewers try to review the game as fast as possible, right? You try to get those clicks. So when they're reviewing a game that doesn't have any ads, their review might be higher. And if I'm going to buy the game, I'm expecting to play what they're played. And instead of getting something laden with review with uh, ads, that's slowing down gameplay and whatnot. So uh, it's so deceiving. And, you know, guys, the only way these people are going to learn is if you stop buying their stuff. So my suggestion to you is say you're really interested in a video game and they're somebody who's already made this offense once. Right now we have EA and their franchise and their uh, sports franchises. This is 2K and one of its sports franchises. So if you guys can hold out, I would give it a month and let them see the ding in those sales. That's the only way this is going to change because, you know, they could just turn off Twitter. <laughs> they don't care what Twitter says. You need to actually, you know, hit them in the pockets. And, and I yeah. think that's the only way to do it. And put it in their inbox. If you bought yeah. an EA game and you don't like all the ads, Message them, say, I want a refund for this game. I yeah. know if you bought it from you know Best Buy, they're not going to want to refund a game you opened and played. But message them, say, hey, I played this game. I didn't hear anything about all these ads, and this is you know demeaning or, or ruining the quality of the game. I demand a refund, at least if they get enough messages from people about that. Hopefully, they'll understand that that's why people are unhappy with it. Totally, totally good idea. That's how UFC changed as well, because they got enough uh, responses to them. But that does remind me, guys, when doing things like that, either returning it to a store or when you're trying to talk to them on the phone, remember the person you're directly talking to is getting paid just to do their job. That's not the person who you need to get mad at and yell at. Um, you're trying to affect change, not yell at a person who's having a bad day at work because you're talking to them. So just kind of keep that in mind, guys. All right, uh, we have, oh boy, talk about a person I'm ready to yell at. Jared Leto is ret- <laughs> returning as Joker. 
I'm gonna go off the top of your head, John. Did you like Jared Leto as Joker in Suicide Squad? No, he, I, I, I appreciate the fact that he was trying to play a different Joker. He didn't yeah. try to ruin one of the Jokers that we're already in love with. But the version of Joker that he was attempting to play, or effectively played, or his acting altogether, I just didn't care for it at all. There's just no aspect of it. Maybe an animated version of his type of Joker would have been better. Uh, but him himself and the way it was all portrayed just totally did not land for me. Yeah. Same thing for me, man. I know he followed Heath Ledger, right? Which was just a perfect Joker. So he has a lot of competition. And Mark Hamill's still out there doing a great job, too. So he really was going up against st- stiff competition. But, man, I mean, every time he was on screen, just the tattoos were so annoying to me that I was like, there's no way Joker would have those tattoos. This guy, that's the thing it boils down to. This Joker could not fight Batman and win, I don't, in my opinion, yeah. right? He was just going to yeah. get bitched around. He's more of just a street punk and not the, he doesn't have the, the depth and the sides, yes. the multiple sides that Joker's supposed to have. The savvy businessman and the manipulative psychopath. He's just the the thug on the street and it's like right. hey that could be one side of joker but that's not all of them you can't put him in a box like that you nailed it man yeah i can really imagine him like one day like you know i'm getting kind of big i need a i need a brand oh you know what i'll be a clown other than that nobody's thinking that as you know you don't see any like psychological breaking which is the fun part of joker's fun part of joker you know uh <laughs> but yeah so uh jared leto's returning for Zack snyder cut of justice league he's gonna be filming some, filming some scenes that were supposed to be in the film originally and then were left out after they changed directors. Uh, many though that, that do actually like him because surprisingly on Twitter when I threw this out there people do actually support Jared Leto uh, their thing is that he didn't have enough time on screen do you think that's going to save it if he has more time to develop the character on screen uh, I don't think so but I do I, I, I hope they're right and I see where they could be saying that because I think with all big characters like this you can't just drop them into a group story like they're in they need to have their backstory of developing their character, developing a relationship with their audience, and then you know tie them in with a bigger story with other characters. You have a Batman movie, a Wonder Woman movie, and a Superman movie, and then yeah. bring them all together in a great battle. That's great. But if you just have the Batman movie, and then all of a sudden you have these other superheroes that are supposed to be as big and powerful as they are, well, you don't know anything about them. You don't really care about them. You don't have a rapport with them yet. So to you, they're you know, useless or not, not as valuable or not as appreciated. So I think, you know, him just being kind of dropped in as a small character with such a big name based off such a big character. Yeah. He, he wasn't given enough of an opportunity, but still the character that we did see, I don't think even him being retooled or exposed or or given more development. I don't think it's going to be the Joker that we're hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly right. I mean, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, I, you know what? You nailed it on the head. <laughs> we just got to see what happens. I'm so nervous about this, but yeah. Let's see. Uh, Snyder's, uh, Snyder's filming these pieces uh, that were originally supposed to be in the first movie. Um, and uh, they're likely going to be like establishing shots. So it'll be like, oh, I've got problems back at home is what Batman will say. And it shows Joker on, on Havoc. Or maybe we'll see uh, Doomsday's coming in. Not Doomsday. Um, Darkseid is coming in or whatever in that threat. Uh, is enough to kind of like show spots around the world's problem, and then we'll see Joker around uh, in Gotham. It's going to be pretty small uh, scenes, so hopefully they're impactful scenes. And if this is good, then then we're the winners. If it's bad, then it's nothing new that we didn't think was going to happen already. Um, I personally have very little faith in Zack Snyder's cut. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know we just had a lot of fans unsubscribe, but that's just personal. 
Uh, I'm excited to find out. It's going to be a four-part series coming to HBO Max in 2021. All right, we have Hasbro. They're creating a Power Rangers series and film. Uh, this is going to be a multi-platform universe that spans films and movies. So think of like basically their version of the MCU, but it's going to be with Power Rangers, and I'm, I'm always down for that. Uh, Jonathan, I know we watched Power Rangers both as kids. Do you think they, that the franchise can hold its own multi-movie uh, series? I think it could if it was basically started from scratch. Right. So when you see Power Rangers now, you look back and watch some of it. I mean, of course, we're adults. It was made for kids, made for us when we were kids. But it's just so corny and so cheesy. Yeah. Just just sad. You can't watch it without laughing and you really can't enjoy it. Um, but if you look at Stark Tech and how revolutionary just the first Iron Man movie was and how right. much we've evolved you know, in movie making since then, you think, man, they could make some really cool uh, Power Rangers, you know, characters and gear and, uh, you know, gadgets and stuff like that. So I think if they put some money into it and have, you know, good directors and, and really focus and do a good job, then I think it could could come out really good. Yeah. Um, so they, they tried to reboot it in 2017, but the fans were not happy, right? Because it was really dark and sad. And so you need to have we don't want a goofy. Please don't make it a goofy movie like you did with the other ones. But it needs to still be hopeful and light on that on that term because it doesn't need to be this like dark, Fantastic Four re- or uh yeah, Fantastic Four reboot kind of thing where it's real too dark and it's just a feel right. So um that one only made 142 million globally, uh, which is really sad for that movie to be able to do that. So hopefully this one they've kind of taken that and like that's the thing with the MCU versus like DC. DC will they they're fixing it now, but they would go really dark. But then you had like Thor with a in the middle of broad daylight with Thor's hammer shooting lightning around is full color, beautiful to see. I mean, think of everything that like Iron Man can do. Dr. Strange's abilities. They're all real bright and in your face and stuff like that. And that's fine. We're okay with that. Let's bring it on, man. Yeah. Hey, cool. If this does good, I would be excited to see. I think it's Warner brothers that owns, um, Captain Planet. Oh, if they man. could redo Power Rangers, man, they could they could make a pretty cool Captain Planet series. I would like to see that. I would be so freaking down for Captain Planet. Oh my god, and that would be so good. I mean, we, I mean, you know, what I'm saying no, no politics, but it yeah. would be really time, nice to have a hero world that's is not, in. I'm sure a lot of people would support that. Uh, yeah, a, a superhero that endorses like recycling and just generally like being good to your planet would be really nice to have right now. <laughs> so that's a really good idea. Uh, so the director of this, Jonathan uh, Entwistle. Awesome name, by the way, Entwistle. Um, he's the director of I'm Not Okay With This. Uh, he's going to be help, uh, helming this uh, ambitious project. And he has a quote here saying, This is an unbelievable opportunity to deliver new Power Rangers to both new and existing generations of awaiting and adoring fans. We'll bring the spirit of analog into the future, harnessing the action and storytelling that made this brand success. So right there is hopeful stuff right there. He's actually going to be using the best parts that made Power Rangers what they are and bringing that into the future. That'd be really good. All right, we have some sad news, guys. QB is shutting down. We actually did a huge review on QB and um, wasn't enough to save him. We tried, guys. We tried our very best. We really did. Jonathan, did you try QB at all after I reviewed it? I did not. <laughs> See, so guys, I can't, even, I can't even sorry, get Jonathan on board. He was going to make up the like $1.75 that they were in the hole. And this is where we're at. It's unfortunate. So after six months, the service is shutting down. Uh, they struggled from the very beginning. Uh, it was a QB. QB was a mobile only app and it was only short videos. So everything was like 10 minutes long. Uh, it was founded by Meg Whitman and Jeffrey uh, Kettenberg. Uh, and it just, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and boil down the review. 
YouTube's better. And that's exactly what the problem was, right? YouTube is just better. If you're gonna watch a 10 minute video, why would you not just go to YouTube for free and already have established personalities that you know? Uh, you watch a lot of YouTube, I assume? Oh yeah, tons. Yeah. What? Let's do this. This thing sounds like a fun idea. What's your favorite YouTuber to watch? Oh, I don't. Well, uh, mostly news, honestly. The Daily Show yeah. and uh, Ooh, different news sources. But Trevor Noah. Uh, yeah. I don't subscribe to like uh, to streamers or other YouTubers or anything like that. I just look up specific content that I want to see that time. Yeah. Uh, myself, as you're aware, I watch Good Mythical Morning every morning with Rhett and Link. Oh. And then, um, but yeah, there's a bunch of out there. I mean, I like a lot of the late shows. I like to watch the tonight shows and stuff like that, but I watch them the next morning in YouTube form. Um, and then SNL is the same exact thing. Uh, so it, it's just where it's at. Even, even broadcast televisions is like, well, look, we already made our money from broadcasting it. The next morning we'll release it and make a little bit more money from the YouTube watching. And it's perfectly fine. I think a lot of younger people are doing that. Uh, so the idea that QB was going to launch this thing and it's going to cost five bucks for brand new shows that you guys were not familiar with. It was destined to fail. Another yeah, thing that if, if they were able to to put the money up front to buy these shows and put them on their their service and have it free to the consumers at yeah. least to start with, at least for you know the first six months or years something like that, I think they would have gotten a lot more traction because you have you know potentially better content than YouTube because you mm -hmm. have new shows, um, but also free. Then you get the foot traffic and you can either pepper in more ads or sell a premium version. But to start out yeah. the gate, five bucks to try out something that I don't need because I have YouTube, that is going to be hard to compete with. If they didn't have any ads on this service, would you prefer to pay a premium for extra content or would you rather have the ads? I, I would, I mean, just like, you know, you, you could pay for the YouTube Red or YouTube Premium, or whatever. YouTube Premium, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. So I would say make UB or, or any streaming service like this completely free, but have it peppered with ads like you expect for any free service. Mm -hmm. And then if you like it, if you're, you know, on there every day watching some of your favorite shows and you want to watch them ad free, then yeah, charge five or maybe it'd have to be more at that point. Charge mm -hmm. you know, $8 or $10 a month uh, for it to be completely ad free. But then if you pay the extra, maybe, you know, you can pre-download certain shows that you like or, you know, add, add whatever features that you can. Uh, but yeah, I think right out the gate, charging more for it than its competition when its competition is well established. And you're not really bringing much better to the table. It it doesn't have a lot of chances. Yeah, yeah, you're right. One thing that that kind of put them in the hole too is they had a really great shows on there. There's one particular called Flip that I really like. The problem is they actually didn't own any of their better show, any of the premium content they had. So they were leasing them, saying that they can't be used anywhere else for two years. Um, which means that you guys don't even actually have you don't actually own anything. You're just leasing everything. Which, I mean, that just sounds like something that coming out of high school, like a kid would do. Like, oh, I'm going to open a bunch of credit cards and have fun. No, don't do that. That's kind of what this feels like. I'm, oh, I'm going to build my entire business on stuff I don't actually own. No, don't do that. Um, so all these shows that you guys are watching, there is a chance that in like a year and a half, they'll pop up on other places. Maybe that'll be a new life for a lot of these really good actors and stuff like that that they got there. Because they, they spent some buku bucks making this happen. There were some really big actors involved. And now they're, now they're out of shows. Uh, because the entire service went down. Uh, another thing that that uh, that was being stated in the internet too is it actually came out at a bad time. People were quarantined, stuck at home, and this was supposed to be one of those things where oh, I'm gonna watch it while I'm on my way to work or whatever uh, on the bus or something like that. And everybody was stuck at home, so they had time to binge hours at a time. And you know that's just not it's not the right place for that. So uh, do you think that that had a, a pretty bad effect on it? 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me, too. Uh, lunch break is a perfect time to watch a little, you know, a couple of 10 or 20 minute episodes or something. Um, but, well, yeah, with COVID, everybody's at home. They're on Netflix because they can watch an entire series of something or, you know, HBO Max or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also wondering, you know, Google owns YouTube, right? I wonder mm-hmm. what other competitor would have the the power, maybe the interest in buying this brand now and kind of retooling it and trying to launch it out there as a competition for YouTube. Uh, it's good that you brought that up, actually. I forgot to put it in the notes, but Disney and I think it was like Warner Brothers uh, were initial investors because they thought that this, this could have a future. And then um, during the last month or whatever, uh, QB was like, hey, if anybody's got any business models that can save our ass, let us know. And Disney Disney brought up some business models, of like basically folding it into Disney Plus. And um, in the end, or Hulu, actually, probably Hulu would be a better hope for it. But in the end, one of the proposals brought by one of the big companies was like, just shut this thing down. And they went with that one. It was just shut this thing down, put it out of its misery. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Uh, we're going to end the news with some really good news, guys. If you live in the UK, the Royal Mail revealed that they're going to be releasing some new Star Trek stamps for the 50th anniversary. This is going to feature all the captains and some extra notable characters. So we have Spock, Troy, Reed, and Tyler. Um, and then we have a six, a little mini sheet that's going to have six of them on there. It's going to feature Scotty, Shinzen, Tolian Saran, so, uh, Soren, sorry, Crawl, uh, Carol, Marcus, and Chancellor Gorkon. Uh, man, I so any of our UK listeners, which I, I've seen the numbers, we have a pretty good chunk in the UK. Any of you guys want to send these stamps? Holy cow, I'll retweet the hell out of you, whatever you want. I want these stamps so bad, man. Especially the uh, Janeway one, of course. Uh, but it's all we'll the captains. Frame them and put them up in the uh, studio. Yes, we actually do have a podcast wall over there full of stuff from podcasts. Oh, yeah, it's on the spot. Uh, from uh, podcasters. So uh, we will put it up there. We'll send pictures and anything like that. We really would appreciate it. Um, yes, please, please, please. That would be amazing. Uh, you going to get your hands on these, John? Oh, I, I think I have to. Uh, I'm sure they'll be online. I don't know how you would buy them from the UK, but I'm sure they'll be on Amazon anytime. Uh, yeah, how do you say, like, I'd like some stamps. Can you send them to US? <laughs> yeah, right. If I could find a good way to buy them from the UK, I, I mean, they're probably, I assume, 50 cents a stamp like we have, maybe a dollar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but it might be good business just buy a boatload of them start framing them and sell them online yeah i mean half a pound maybe is that how they would do it over there or 50 uh, shillings or i don't know how they work but yeah uh, so we'll take some of those please um and we'll send some money uh, also in star trek news john you were the one that brought this to our attention what else happened in star trek news yes uh, i believe it was day before yesterday i think it was on friday it might have been yesterday um it was there was an unveiling of a new Captain Catherine Janeway statue in Bloomington, Indiana. That is so freaking uh, awesome. And I I didn't watch the whole thing because you know the house is loud and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to get to the highlights. But it was a really cool looking statue they did. It was a bust of her. The base, the platform it was on was the the uh, Voyager, the Starfleet insignia, and it oh, tapers up to to her bust. And it says you know has uh, you know saying on the side. Uh, but it looks really cool. I think it was mostly made out of brass, I believe. I was mm-hmm. listening to some. Everybody was giving speeches, the people that were involved in developing it and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So if you want to check it out, uh, I think uh, Kate Mulrew, Captain Janeway, on her Twitter, she uh, posted a link to the video or streamed it. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. A cool Captain Captain Janeway statue in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. She's really good to follow on Twitter, guys. Kate Mulgrew. Uh, Robert Ricardo, also if you're a Star Trek fan, Robert Ricardo is really good because he'll tweet just really cool stuff. Um, and then I can't remember his name, Harry Kim. You remember Harry Kim's name? Uh oh, Garrett Wang. 
Garrett Wang, you're awesome. Uh, he he tweets out a bunch of uh, stuff too. So really check out those guys, and they have a new podcast as well that we need to be listening to, um, called the Delta Flyers. But yeah, so it's a really good time to be a Star Trek fan. There's just so much Star Trek coming, and I'm just uh, just so happy. It's really good. And Star Wars too. I mean, I'm I'm glad yeah. both worlds are you know thriving right now. It's the best generation to be in, aside from COVID. Yeah, dude. Uh, somebody uh somebody like one of the big reviewers got early access to the uh what's it called the high republic which is a whole new thing they're doing with comic books movies uh books everything like that right and it's going to be in between the old republic and current stuff and uh, so somebody got a book or somebody got a box and they opened it up and it was just like all these books and stuff like that that are not going to be released for another five months and it was just like oh my god please just send me one i want i'm going to be reading every book in that franchise because i'm excited for star wars but I'm tired of everybody named Skywalker and they're not doing enough with the old Republic. So give me this high Republic. I am freaking in. I'm going to buy everything, man. Yeah. We need to reach out to them. If they got a box set or something like that, they can send us, we can do a, a you know, live streamed yes. uh, opening and review everything and really uh, get some eyes on it. Totally down with that, man. Uh, so if you are, if you're in the UK, send us Star Trek stamps, but if you're in Hollywood <laughs> or if you're, Hey, if you're over at the Skywalker Ranch, put some stuff in a box. Send it our way. I'll get. I'll drop you the address, and we'll review them. Of course, uh, that'd be really good. All right, that's gonna be it for the news, guys. It's actually a shorter news thing. We're gonna be throwing in an extra two episodes this week. We have a crossover that's gonna be uh, Halloween themed, and then we're gonna have a special top five coming later this week, guys. So it's gonna be extra content coming your way. So we went light on the news, uh, but we can't wait to get into that. It'll be a lot of fun. But thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you guys later on. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.